Well, we are finishing up, of course, how, how much better could it be than our finishing up our series on faith and what a difference faith makes in life and in death than to talk about that on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. It's all about our walking in faith. So I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start with that. If you've got your Bible on your phone, go ahead and pull it out. If you've got your Bibles, let's follow along. 1 Peter 1, starting with the third verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through the faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, You may have had to suffer griefs of all kinds and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. So your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal, the end result of your faith, and that is the salvation of your souls. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about what faith is. Some of you know this and know it by heart, but I want to set the the tone this morning. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Being sure of what we hope for and being certain, certain of what we cannot see. In other words, faith is believing without seeing. Faith brings peace, it brings trust, it brings hope, perseverance, it brings comfort, it brings conviction, it brings acceptance, truth, constancy, assurance, certainty, confidence, and belief. Faith is what allows us as believers to keep on keeping on. When we are burdened, when we are are overwhelmed with the stuff of life, faith in Jesus Christ is what gives us the incentive to take another step forward, to not get stuck, to not be stagnant. Faith is a choice. You and I need to be willing to live out that choice. We've got to to follow God in the where God leads us, what God leads us to, even and especially when it doesn't make sense. Because you see, faith isn't a logical thing. Faith is a supernatural, Holy Spirit-inspired thing. We've got to hope for it. We've got to be sure of it, even when 
And especially when it doesn't make sense. Faith is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So it is a result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We have to choose to live a life of faith. And then we open up to Jesus and say, I need more of you. I want to be in deeper relationship with you. I want to have more faith. Let it be so through the power of your Holy Spirit. And faith basically is God's promises taking hold in our lives. When we choose to live and walk in faith, when we choose to keep our eyes on Jesus instead of all of the the circumstances, the challenges that are surrounding us, when we choose that, then it makes such a difference We choose to believe in God and we choose to believe in God's promises. We choose to believe that the promises are true. We choose to believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever, anybody, all of us who believe in Jesus won't die a death and end there. But we would have eternal life. Faith means that we believe that that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that he would be the one that saves the world. Faith comes, Paul says it in Hebrews chapter 13, faith is believing the promise that God told us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, I am with you. Faith sits on our belief that a cross that was meant to kill is our victory. Faith sits on our belief that Jesus paid it all, that Jesus gives us the victory over sin and death. That because Jesus died and rose again, we have hope for today. We have hope for tomorrow and for all of eternity. In Galatians 2, 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I now live in my body, I live by faith. The Son of God Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me, I believe in him, we're saying. Kevin asked us, are you living it? Do you believe it, but are you living it? 2 Corinthians 5, 20, I'm throwing these out at you because I believe what the word of God says. And I want to remind you of these promises today. If anyone believes in Jesus Christ in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. We are new creations. The old has passed away and the new has come. See, you and I get caught up in the stuff that happened a long time ago, the ways in which we messed up. We get stuck in our sinful nature. And Jesus said, I took care of that. Would you live a life of joy? Would you move forward with joy-filled obedience? Would you trust me? Jesus is reminding us that, no, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. We don't know whether some of our very dear loved ones are going to live or die. But we do know that Jesus gives us the hope. 
that Jesus has already died on our behalf. And because of his resurrection, we have the hope. I know I say it a lot, but to keep on keeping on. Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self, our old self was crucified with Christ so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. You see, through Jesus, we are not only united in his death, but here's the hope we are united in his resurrection. That gives us the the power to live with hope, to choose to walk in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And then he rewards them. We get the benefit by being blessed by him. But did you hear the order, the sequence of things? We believe and have faith in him and then he blesses us. That's the reward. That's the, the incentive that, wow, If we have the faith of a mustard seed, you know how small that is. Then Jesus has all of this abundance to shower upon us if we just, when we just believe. So for me, I have this image of us running to, into the arms of our Savior. Following after him, chasing after him. Submitting to his authority, surrendering our will to his, and then trusting. Now, here's the thing. I need you to know. The opposite of faith is fear. And unfortunately, some of us choose to to keep our eyes on fear and live in fear rather than keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and live in faith. I will say it again, you and I have a choice in how we live our life. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. You know what that's about. We talk about a leap of faith where when you feel God calling you or leading you to something and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, you step off in faith. Sure of what you cannot see. Certain of the things that you cannot see. Henry Nouwen, one of my, my favorite uh, 20th century theologians, tells the story of an elderly woman who was in a psychiatric unit and she was becoming so violent that all of her belongings had to be removed from her. And as the, the staff was removing everything out of her room, she was clenching her fists so tightly. And they had to just pry her fists open. And it happened that there was one coin inside one of her fists. And as the, the therapist started questioning her, she indicated to them that she felt she would lose herself, her entire being, if that coin were taken away. Now you and I probably are not hanging on to coins, but we come bound. We come chained. We come with things that we have clenched in our fists. And when we choose to live with clenched fists, we are choosing to live in fear and in control. And God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, is saying, would you open your hands. 
would you allow me to take care of those burdens? Would you give me your anxiety? Would you give me your worry? Would you give me what is, is overwhelming, overcoming you? You see, many of us choose to continue to live in fear, choose to really claim the victim mentality because it's, it's scary to step ahead, to step off in faith. What are you afraid of and what are you hanging on to today? You see, the good news of Easter reminds us that that we have nothing to fear. When Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. We have the salvation, the redemption, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, the love, the peace, the hope is ours. What are you choosing? Where are your eyes focused today? You see, because of Jesus, we can have the faith to live. Yes, we are broken, wounded people. We are sinful people. But many of us are choosing to live constricted and bound. Many of us are choosing to walk around with our fists very clenched, thinking we have to do this life on our own. Many of us are stuck in shame and fear and guilt and and distractions and temptations. Some of us are bound in chains of addictions. And Jesus in John 10 said, The thief, the enemy, Satan, comes to kill, kill and steal and destroy. But I have come to give you life Life that is full, life that is abundant. That is our Father, our Heavenly Father's will for us. That we could experience abundant life. That's why he sent Jesus on earth. To come in human form. To be one of us. That's why he sent him to die. That's why he gave us the gift of the resurrection. So we can live in faith. No matter what? When we think back to the scripture at the beginning, the first Peter passage, he reminded us that through Jesus we have a living hope. Through faith we have an inheritance and we are shielded by God's power. But the thing was, it doesn't stop there. He reminded us that there will be trials. He even called it the refiner's fire. Things are going to get tough in some seasons of life for us. And we won't be able to figure out why things are happening the way they are. Why our hopes and desires and dreams may have been shot out the window. But he says, even then and especially then, we when we rely on Jesus Christ, can experience, I love these words, inexpressible, glorious joy. That means joy in the midst of all you're experiencing. Joy when, and especially when life gets so tough that you don't know how to keep on keeping on. Joy when you are chained and shackled by the temptations, by the addictions by the sins, by the memories of what you did years and years ago that just keep haunting you. Hmm. Author Anne Lamott 
writes, faith includes noticing the mess, acknowledging the emptiness, sticking with the discomfort and letting it be there until some light returns. In other words, we can't just dismiss the difficulties of life. We acknowledge them. We sit with them. But we don't have a pity party and just jump in the victim mode. We claim that Jesus truly is the light of the world. I was talking to a beloved friend last night and she was telling me this incredible story of faith. How nothing made sense, but she truly knew in her spirit what God wanted her to do in this particular adventure. She described it this way, faith is like walking into a dark closet, closing the door. There you are, surrounded by fear until and especially when you acknowledge the light of Christ. You see, the light of Christ expels the darkness. And she said it's in that moment when we acknowledge our fear and we divert our attention from the fear to the light of the world, in that moment, we experience that joy. We experience the glorious, inexpressible joy. So I am here, my friends, to remind you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let fear overtake you. You, I, we have a choice. What do we focus on? I want to focus on faith and I want to continue to pray that God would give me more faith to fully rely on him. Listen to this, Henry Nouwen, as I said, I love the way he writes. Often, he says, we want to be able to see into the future. We say, well, what will happen for me next year? Where will I be in five years? How will my health be in ten? There are no answers to these questions. Mostly, we have light enough for the next step. What we have to do in the coming hour or what we have to do in the next day, the art of living is to enjoy what we can see and not complain and worry about what remains in the dark. When we're able to take the next step with the faith that we have enough light for that step, we can walk through life with joy and we'll be surprised at how far we can go. Let's rejoice in the little light that we carry and not ask for that great beam that would take all the shadows away. Light enough for the next step. That's how we're called to walk. Walking in the light of Jesus, step by step, moment by moment. Finally, because of Jesus, today we can embrace the faith to die. You know, as a pastor, I have I've been with many people who have been actively dying a physical death. And in all situations, 
I have come to realize that it is not that act, that moment of dying that they are most afraid of. They know as believers that they are going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. They claim their faith. But what they, and I would say all of us, are afraid of is leaving our family, leaving our loved ones, and not having a clue what the process of physical death is actually like. That's where we get hung up. But you know, Jesus reassured his friends, Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus had died and he'd been dead for four days. They had called out to him to come. And when he got there, they said, you're way too late. Why didn't you come? And he was so overtaken with grief that he just cried. But then he said this truth. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die a physical death. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. My friends, as believers in Christ, that's how we've got to embrace death. Our physical death is a part of life. We don't talk about it. We don't want to think about it, but it's going to happen. And the best thing we can do is to live our life day by day to the best of our ability. To not take our life for granted. And to continue to embrace our loved ones. To continue to embrace the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is an amazing love. I can't, I can't fathom how and why our Heavenly Father would give His Son for me and for you. We have a choice, though. I want to live in faith. I want to make that step-by-step journey. And that is my prayer for each one of you. We have, I I want to, um, some of you may have already seen this, but it just kind of puts it all into perspective. It, It encapsulates the truth of the gospel. So let's watch. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it, Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, Our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God. Our sin 
in our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. Jesus, according to God's will, put everything in order. When we follow Jesus Christ, our lives have order. Our lives have meaning. Let it be so in the mighty name of Jesus.